The following podcast is for informational purposes only, and the opinions expressed therein are not necessarily those of Canal Insurance Company. This information is not designed to replace, substitute, or supplement our client's independent obligation to comply with any laws or regulations. Listeners should complete their own independent research in creation and development of their company's risk management and safety programs. Welcome to episode 27 of Holland Notes podcast by Canal Insurance. I'm Ismael Perez, Senior Investigator at Canal Insurance Special Investigations Unit. This month, I'm joined by Bob Hastings, President of Hastings Investigations and Consulting. Um, Hastings Investigations and Consulting was founded in 2002. Hastings Investigations um, specializes in cargo theft investigations, training for transport, insurance, logistics, and law enforcement industry. Mr. Hastings has investigated over 1,500 cargo thefts across the southeastern United States, uh, which have led to successful recoveries and prosecutions for the past 21 years. Uh, During these investigations, Mr. Hastings has been educated on numerous trends and analysis used by suspects, which has provided a wealth of intelligence and cargo theft patterns and industry shortfalls suspects take advantage of. I hope you enjoy this conversation today. Now, let's get rolling. Bob, hope you're doing well. Welcome to the Holland Notes podcast. Uh, I wanted to see how how you doing today out there in uh, wherever you are. Yeah, I'm good, Izzy. Um, I'm in uh, Loganville, Georgia. That's where my office is based out of, uh, which is basically a suburb of Atlanta. Um, it's where I've been for the last 25 years or more. Um, so yes, I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks, Bob, for joining us. We re- we greatly appreciate it. Uh, I know we you have a vast, extensive experience. With your knowledge, we can probably talk for hours about cargo theft, but we're going to go ahead and get down to the nitty-gritty. I'm here in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. I uh, go ahead and uh, ex- investigate cases all over the U.S., but uh, we, we know that uh, Georgia has definitely been a hotbed, so we definitely want to talk to you for a little bit. Let's get started. All right, Bob. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and get started. Um, let me ask you a question. What what types of uh, cargo thefts are we seeing in that southeast of the U.S. and uh, specifically in Georgia where you're located? Uh, it's kind of a threefold, uh, Ismail. We've got uh, we're dealing with primarily full trailer loads, uh, pilferage thefts, and we've got the what I refer to as the identity fraud cases uh, that are uh, more so uh, involved with the freight brokers. Uh, as we know in this industry, a lot of the, a lot of the bigger companies, they still haul a lot of loads. However, the freight business has been taken over by a lot of the freight brokers. Um, uh, you, you get cargo moved a little close or a little bit uh, cheaper per se, uh, with these brokers. So, uh, we're dealing with full trailer loads. We're dealing with pilferages, uh, which the definition of pilferage is obviously someone taking cargo off the back of a trailer where it's uh, parked stationary at a, per se, a truck stop or just an, a warehouse or uh, even even some of these lots that these truckers are parking at. Um, 
We seem to have uh, twofold in the Atlanta area. Uh, it's mostly it's mostly pilfered thefts. However, we have had some recent uh, full trailer loads or full container load thefts uh, that uh, these cargo thieves here in the metro Atlanta area are targeting. Um, and then uh, we uh, talk about Savannah. Uh, Savannah has been mostly full container loads since we're dealing with the port down there. Um, so uh, we don't see a lot of the pilferage stuff in the Savannah market. It's it's mostly all uh, full containers and there are some trailers, however, but uh, so we're, we're dealing with that. Um, here in the uh, metro and then that uh, the full container loads in savannah perfect bob let me let me ask you a question i know i know we've seen a lot of pilfered steps come across our desks um do you think uh this is occurring while they're sleeping or where well the drivers are sleeping or when they go inside the stores or how, how, how do you think this happens well i think it's uh it's a little bit of both however uh most of the times what we're seeing uh the truck the trucking industry sometimes uh they park at these um small mom and pop truck stops um uh, as i refer to them as or uh you know just an open lot or empty parking lot uh, sometimes uh you know we see that and then uh, you know here we've got in the georgia market we've got uh some secured truck parking locations as well However, some of those are uh, not as secure as they're advertised. Uh, so these these truck these uh, cargo thieves will go into the uh, to these locations and just pilfer off the back of these trailers. That uh, what that what I refer to as shop. Uh, they shop. They bust seals, uh, or um, you know either the plastic seal or the boat seals, and they kind of shop each trailer to see what what the commodity is before they actually you know, they'll back up a U-Haul or just a box truck or what have you, uh, and just take, take the cargo that way. Uh, so, um, again, uh, in the Metro area, it's been a little bit of everything, but, uh, you know, most of your bigger truck stops, like your pilots, uh, we're not seeing the pilferages there. It's mostly at this, uh, at these small, uh, smaller trucking company or, or excuse me, the smaller truck stops uh, on Moreland Avenue in Atlanta, uh, where there's also a lot of drug activity. Uh, mm -hmm. We do see that as well. So uh, just not seeing it mostly, you know, at, at the at the bigger truck stops. So it's just, uh, uh, you know, there, there's other there's other warehouse locations people park at, too. They just don't park it there. Uh, not not sure if they've got the authorization or permission, but uh, uh, these thieves know where to target these loads at. Okay. So, so to add on that, um, you you probably recommend that they go to big uh, like truck stops like Loves and stuff like that as opposed to small mom and pops. Uh, is there something else they can do, like maybe like a cameras in the back or a little alarm system, anything, any modern, any recent technology that would help, you know, detect that or alert the drivers? Well, what I Here's a couple of recommendations. Um, what we've been seeing, at least in Georgia, is, um, you know, there, there's there's locations. Um, uh, again, I'm gonna refer back to store my truck as an example. Um, they have 60 lots in Georgia. Some lots are more secure than others. They actually, some of them have have 24 
24/7 security in addition to you know the gates and that kind of thing. So they'll have they'll have someone monitoring the location. So I, I, I you know I do recommend that we try we try to or they try to park at some of these secure locations. Uh, I'll tell you some locations where I have not seen any thefts from, and that's rest areas. If if these are uh, long haul long haul truckers or you know uh, that are going from you know 300 miles plus, uh, you know the the, the uh, rest areas do allow truckers to park there. Uh, have not seen any thefts at any rest areas whatsoever in Georgia. Uh, and then. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, at the the pilots and the loves, uh, Flying J and Pilot are owned by the same. Uh, it's one and the same. They will let you park there for a fee. Uh, but again, you know, the liability issue is that they don't want any liability. You're kind of parking at your own risk. So, um, but uh, you know, most most of those locations, we're not seeing the pilferances at those locations. Uh, we are seeing full trailer load being stolen from some of those locations. So um, that's, you know, you kind of, you kind of at your own risk there, but yes, um, far as uh, GPS uh, there, there are a lot of cheap, cheaper versions of GPS. Uh, you can use uh, throwaways uh, that you can install. Um, you know, I, I would prefer cargo being or having uh, at least some type of GPS in, in the actual cargo itself. However, that's not always uh, the case with these loads because you got to have, you know, if you're doing a GPS, you got to have somebody on the other end to receive it or to get that GPS out of, out of the cargo. Right. But right. On, on the actual truck thefts issues, what we're seeing is um, some of the rental companies, Penske, Ryder, um, you know they're they're utilizing two two devices, uh, and, and and I use one example. We had a theft in Dublin, Georgia, of a load of Nike uh, a couple months back, and they actually stole a rider truck from another business, and they thought they had disconnected both GPS uh, units. However, one was still active, so we were able to track it from from Dublin to Savannah to to Jacksonville. So. Uh, utilize use a lot, utilize multiple GPS devices if all possible. There, there, there are a lot of versions out there that you can buy that uh, that they can use that are not that expensive. Good idea, good idea. And like I, I've mentioned in episodes in the past, uh, be aware of your surrounding. Uh, these, uh, I guess, subjects yes. are are they driving in specific vehicles? Anything to look out for? Multiple subjects, single subjects. Uh, yes, sir. Um, so. Again, I kind of I kind of separate the organized cargo thefts to the local cargo thefts per se. The the locals are are you know it's more of a crime of opportunity because they know they know where some of this uh, some of these truckers park and that kind of thing, uh, and they're a little easier to investigate. Whereas you start talking the organized cargo theft groups based in South Florida. Uh, or all over the state of Florida, for that matter, hmm. um, they they are doing counter surveillance. They're they're bringing, you know, four, six, eight, eight subjects with them to a particular location. They're targeting different shippers, um, you know. And in casing in point, the the load that we had in or in Dublin, Georgia, um, now that was stolen from a small mom and pop truck stop. However, that load originated. 
out of the port going to a shipper uh, or a receiver in uh, in that area that uh, does a lot of uh, uh, sporting goods type stuff. So um, so the, these these organized groups are targeting some of these uh, places like, you know, the you know, electronic shippers like Best Buy. Um, uh, in this particular issue that we had with the Nike, it was going to uh, Academy which okay. is uh, they got a big warehouse in uh, Jeffersonville, Georgia. So, okay, so. Um, uh, just to expand on what you're asking, um, yes, rental vehicles are are a big uh, uh, type vehicle they're using, a lot of SUVs um, that are rentals that uh, they use as counter surveillance. Um, another thing that we see, uh, they stay in uh, – low budget motels. Um, although the last one we've had, they didn't even stay. They, they, they came up, they hit and they left and they, they drove all night. So that's, that's the, the advantage of using, you know, multiple suspects, uh, you know, in a counter surveillance vehicle, I guess. But, but, you know, in the past we used to see where they stayed at these, like the super eights and the qualities and some of the, some of the middle of the road motels. Now, let me, let me, uh, add a little bit to that. Um, when you say multiple suspects, uh, when they steal these on the tractor thefts, when they steal the tractors, you have one person stealing the tractor and then meeting up with a group of people or uh, other subjects and unhooking the trailer and then going back. Or what's the pattern you're seeing? As yeah, well, what, what we, what we uh, case in point, uh, the Nike theft, uh, what we did see um, at the truck stop is we uh, we had one. Uh, passenger vehicle that uh, was was set up basically had had showed up at that particular truck stop before the truck did that they stole. So we only saw one one vehicle, one personal type vehicle that was used. However, we saw two subjects get out of that out of that vehicle uh, based on video, which was from afar. Um, so you couldn't. You couldn't get any ID on anybody. However, when they when they um, brought the tractor, the stolen tractor, in to hook up, um, we watched the the gray passenger vehicle follow the load out once once the uh, theft occurred, and then they drove it about twelve miles south on, uh, or I guess it would be east on sixteen headed toward uh, Savannah, but they, they stopped at another truck stop, a little off the interstate truck stop, basically, and did their unhooking. Um, and uh, basically what they did there is there there was, they stole the truck that was attached to the container. They, they brought the rider, stolen rider truck in, and then once they got to that location, 12 miles uh, down 16, they, you could see multiple, multiple suspects wearing uh, the yellow vest. Uh, that's the other thing we, we were seeing. And they, uh, they, they left the, the victim's truck there at that truck stop and then used the rider truck. And then we caught, we caught them again on video in Savannah at a, uh, they stopped again at another small gas station. And two of the suspects came into the location. Uh, we were able to identify one by disseminating photographs to the Miami task force guys. Uh, they ended up, they in fact identified one. Uh, there's still a second one we do 
we don't know. So not all of them can't got out of the vehicle. However, uh, some of them did, and that that enabled us to identify. And then uh, then they went on to Jacksonville, where, um, as I had mentioned earlier, the rider truck uh, still had still was pinging. We, but see, we didn't even know about this rider truck until the day after. Okay. And uh, they they uh, to expand on that, they they went to the location where it was pinging, um, recovered it. But we, you know, you, you know how the GPS breadcrumbs run. They uh, kind of went back backtracked and went to a truck yard uh, and located the container, which was I don't know, it's about three quarters full, I guess. Uh, they hadn't had a chance to unload all of it, so. Those are just some steps that were taken, and and you know you don't you don't always see the the entire group of suspects, but uh, at least in this one we were we were able to. Um, so there is an there is a an arrest warrant for the one individual who's based in South Florida, uh, as we speak. So Bob, to follow up on that, where are they getting rid of, or I guess uh, where are they selling these products once they steal them? Where where what what trends are you seeing? Well, um, the South Florida crews, the, the ones that are operating in, in uh, at least the the focus of the Savannah cargo thefts that we've had, um, we're not seeing any of the cargo surface. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, that's that's been an issue. Now we're seeing where they're dumping the equipment at, um, but up here in the Atlanta market um your your more central locate or your more local cargo thieves what we're seeing is um the salvage industry salvage and liquidation stores uh right. okay facebook marketplace uh some of these guys are not smart enough to um keep it off facebook marketplace mm-hmm. um and then just recently um and this is ongoing uh investigations but we've had um we've got information from sources that uh there's a warehouse in atlanta that that have been unloading cargo uh and then they're they're in turn uh, taking it off and unloading it into a warehouse and then they're taking it on to another fence up in uh gwinnett county uh a little bit north of atlanta um and selling it uh we what i think is happening we haven't confirmed this uh completely but i think some of the stuff might be ending up back in the in the marketplace through amazon um we we are that's some of the word that we're getting uh uh but a lot of times we'll find it on marketplace uh we'll find it uh, like for example the uh we just had uh i think i mentioned in my questions we had 24 pallets of uh dewalt uh power tools stolen um several weeks back and some of that ended up in this warehouse in atlanta uh now where it where it went from there i don't know um but um but that's you know we we, we did make an undercover buy of, of some of it there at that location uh but like i say um i've tracked uh, Pro- uh procter and gamble load up to uh, a warehouse in swanee georgia uh it's no longer there it was sold but i think it was sold back into the amazon mar- uh, could could have been sold back into the marketplace by going through amazon because there there's an amazon uh 
distributor right there in the same same warehouse that this individual's operating interesting so it's being stolen out of one place and sold in another <laughs> yeah it's hard it's hard and, and you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna track it back through something like that you know in right. and up back in the marketplace right uh, especially something like shoes that don't have serial numbers yeah exactly uh, yeah unless you get a serial number you're it's tough okay um so th this is this is something that comes up a lot um what are the challenges uh we're seeing in 2023 well, even 2022 in prosecuting the subs uh, the suspects that are captured in these cargo thefts well i'll tell you what we're we're part of our delays became is the pandemic uh what i noticed in probably going in back to 21 uh you know our courts got shut down um for a while uh there's so much backlog and we're dealing with that not only in metro atlanta but we're also dealing with that in savannah and chatham county which um, there's also a shortage of uh, adas that are prosecuting cases i know fulton county in atlanta i don't know if they're back to 100 percent staffed or not but i know that i know that chatham county georgia which is savannah i know that they're they're probably 30 30% off or, or they don't have a full capacity of ADAs there. Uh, hey Bob, just to intersect real quick, ADAs uh, for general assistant um, district attorneys. Okay. All right. Perfect. So uh, that that's one issue. Uh, the other is property crimes taking a back seat to uh, violent crimes or, you know, your homicides or your ag assaults and, you know, uh, something a little more violent, violent. Um, the other issue that we're having, uh, and I, I refer back to this because we um, we don't have that task force we had had here back in uh, going on three years now that we lost the uh, GBI major theft unit task force. Uh, we don't have that, uh, which that that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you know even even then I think we probably still have a backlog in cases, but. Uh, um, so you know that's uh, and 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 let me let me say this too. Uh, here in Georgia, we have a standalone uh, cargo theft statute in Georgia. It's uh, under the the uh, statutes of sixteen eight twenty two, which is uh, you know most most states prosecute under the theft by taking or theft by receiving statute, whereas in Georgia. We do have that sixteen eight twenty two cargo theft standalone statute, and it's and it's really good, but we really had to educate these assistant DAs uh, to some of them not even aware of the statute. Uh, whereas in some of these detectives that are out here with these multiple agencies don't even know about this statute. So it's an education process. Interesting, interesting. I, I know we have, you know, I've noticed a spike overall in cargo thefts, but Ever since that uh, task force was taken down, we've lost a lot of our, you know, our help and definitely. Uh, yeah, and, and the challenge is this. It, 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 I'll expand on that a little bit. the The challenge is this, and this, and this. I think I, I, I mentioned this. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I went and formed the Georgia Cargo Theft Intelligence Group is because I saw where our task force was leaving. Um, uh, you know, I knew I knew it was going to 
going to be disbanded. So I went ahead and formed this group. Um, and, um, you know, I really, I really do get a lot of participation by local uh, agencies in Atlanta. APD comes to all our meetings. Um, you know, Gwinnett, uh, we don't have a lot of theft in Gwinnett. However, uh, you know, a lot of your, a lot of our Metro agencies do attend. Uh, they get all my bulletins. They, you know, so I kind of, I'm trying to keep the fight alive because Georgia is probably in the top five still. I don't have an updated, uh, um, stat sheet from our friends at CargoNet, uh, nationally. Uh, I know we've always been in the top five in the United States for cargo theft. And I, and I know that uh, I know this year or over the last year, Georgia increased over 34 percent. And I, I think a lot of that was due to the Savannah thefts that we've had. Uh, we had over 32 thefts in Savannah from July of 22 to present. That's a large increase. Wow. Wow. Bob, hey, let's take an opportunity now, I guess, that you bring that up um, for our uh, drivers and our shippers and our brokers listening. Um, and our insurance and, and overall to, to where can they get more information about uh about this uh group um that you, you run in uh, georgia so it's cargo theft at gctig.org which stands for the georgia cargo theft intelligence group um i also have a website um that uh, i can expand which is in that uh, membership letter that i sent out uh, basically the way my group works is that law enforcement is free uh, a lot of my membership right now includes uh, the insurance industry uh, logistics trucking i have a lot of the trucking guys uh, or companies that uh, their security personnel are, are members um, and um, and then like i say uh, that's um, we meet once try to meet once a month maybe by you know every two months uh, I'm doing, I've got a meeting coming up uh, on February 16th uh, in Atlanta here. It's going to be at a warehouse uh, facility. Uh, one of the uh, potential members uh, is going to host. And then in Savannah, uh, the meeting is March 8th, uh, which is a Wednesday at one o'clock. And that's at the Georgia Port Authority Police Department's conference room. We have a big, uh, Big, they're a big supporter of ours, um, and uh, that's that's always a good turnout because everybody likes to have that little tour to the port. I just want to fill in uh, our 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 audience right now is pretty much our our insureds, our drivers, our customers. Want to let them know a little bit that in our, our our special investigations unit, when we get a cargo theft or a truck stolen or anything to that effect, uh, we develop this. Uh, uh, it's called the Bolo. Be on the lookout. Uh, display. You know, it, it has the information of where it was stolen, uh, description of the vehicle. Usually, we get photos of the vehicle stolen with a company logo or distinct, uh, you know, marks that it might have or equipment. And we go ahead and we distribute these these Bolos out to individuals such as Mr. Hastings, and he goes ahead and he distributes that out to local law enforcement, and they assist us in a lot of times getting uh, these trucks recovered and then these loads too so i just want to you know let the public know out there listening that that bob hastings and and his company and has been very helpful for uh for us in this and in our investigations 
Bob, we really appreciate you joining us today and giving us all this information. Um, we will have a link to your email address attached uh, to the show notes um, for public to access. Again, uh, thank you, Ismail. I thank you for uh, having me on today. I uh, really enjoyed speaking about this topic. Uh, we could go on and on and on, but I really appreciate the opportunity. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Bob and learned some helpful information about how to protect yourself from cargo theft. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Hall and Notes. Want to make sure you never miss a Hall and Notes episode? Head to the link in the show notes to sign up for email notifications. <laughs>